Happy Memorial Day 2021. This is May 31st, 2021, and I want to wish all of you a happy Memorial Day. And uh, for all of you that served in the military, I want to thank you for your service. I too served in the military, joined right out of high school, went in the Navy, did my four years, got out, and then embarked on my entrepreneurial journey. And that was back in 1989, 1990. So it's been a long time. Most of the men in my family were all military, and uh, my grandfather was a Pearl Harbor survivor. So happy Memorial Day to everybody out there. I wanted to give a little update on the Bitcoin uh, cryptocurrency markets and uh, just talk a little bit about the psychology of the markets in terms of financial investing and how all that works. So um, I made a video the other day about it, and I'm going to be doing more and more videos on cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, things like that. I do not do individual coins. I do not promote anything, talk about anything. I just talk about the markets in general. A lot of people were asking for XRP and this, that, and the other. And you know, for something like XRP, there is a pending lawsuit with the SEC. So until that is resolved, um, anything can happen with that. So um, I wouldn't, you know, you got to be careful. You want to look into your investments, make sure you understand what's going on, and, and understand that lawsuit, what the ramifications are if they lose and what the potential is if they win. But the thing to understand is Bitcoin is one thing. Bitcoin is very different than a lot of these other crypto assets. These other crypto coins are not necessarily currencies, they're crypto assets. And that the alt altcoin market, the alternative coins, which is anything that's not Bitcoin, um, those are, um, it's like a venture capital space. So those are like little companies doing different things, apps, projects, technologies, platforms, things like that. So you really need to look into who's behind them, what their business plan is, what they're doing, how long they've been around, what their market cap is. A lot of them are scams. A lot of them are schemes and scams and they're deliberately set up to uh, take people's money. Some of them are legitimate technologies and projects like Ether and uh, the, the um, uh, apps that are built on that network, uh, things like that. So just make sure you look into those things, understand what they are and understand that it's venture capital. In the venture capital world, it's a shotgun approach. You're investing in a number of projects, expecting most of them to fail, but one of them to hit big. So that's kind of how venture capital works. That's one of the best ways to look at the alternative coin market, the altcoin market. And then Bitcoin is a whole different thing in and of itself. It's trying to establish itself as a store of value, as a long-term credible asset um, store of value equivalent to gold, but in digital form. So that's what Bitcoin is all about. It's not going to be a currency. It's not going to replace the dollar or anything like that. And you've heard the um, uh, Jay Powell, um, Treasury Secretary Yellen. You've heard um, all of them come out and say that they understand Bitcoin. They understand its place as a digital asset, not a currency. Um, and uh, a lot of the institutional uh, investors and fiduciaries out there are describing describing it as such. You, um, Goldman Sachs came out with a report the other day calling Bitcoin a asset, an asset. So, um, so just understand what you're getting into when you're looking at these alternative coins and things like that. And uh, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to share my screen and just kind of show you a little chart on the uh, psychology of the markets and kind of where we're at with Bitcoin right now. Um, so I'm going to share my desktop <clears throat> and uh, you've probably seen this chart floating around the psychology of the markets and you can kind of see 
Um, when markets start out, market cycles. So this is the psychology of a market. And remember, we talked about trading and, and the traders out there, the institutional traders, the professionals, the technicians, they play on the psychology of the market. And that is made up of the individual participants in the market and operating on their uh, psychology. And it's all made up of what they know, how they feel and what's going on. Your retail traders are gonna be very different than your professional traders trading with other people's money. It's very different than when you're trading with your own money. But, but a market cycle is basically, can be a number of different things. You can have a cycle within a market. So you can have a long-term bull market and have different cycles within that bull market. Same thing in a bear market. Uh, but a market cycle can also be from start to finish, you know, where it starts out, goes on its run, sells off, comes down uh, and goes full cycle. So um, what we're really going to talk about here is a market cycle from bottom to top to bottom again. And you can kind of see on this chart here the different areas where it starts out kind of disbelief. People don't think it's a real rally. It's a new asset. And then um, there's a lot of hope and optimism and belief as it builds and builds and builds. And then the thrill and it gets exciting and euphoria where everybody says this thing's going to the moon, everybody's going to get rich. And then there's a blow off top. And then you kind of bounce around a little bit after that initial blow off top. It kind of goes all the way down, bounces back up a little bit, then kind of bounces around a little bit where people are all talking about, oh, we just need to cool off until we can get to the next rally. We just need to consolidate. We need to go sideways for a while. We're going to go right back up to all time highs. And um, that's that area of complacency. And then you get another leg down where then the real anxiety and fear kicks in. So that first sell off, there was a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety, but that wasn't the real event. Um, the next leg down in a market cycle, and we're talking about market cycles, not saying this is absolutely what's going to happen to Bitcoin and the crypto markets. I'm just saying market cycles is kind of how it works. And uh, this is tried and true and tested. And this chart is, is old. And uh, these events are as old as the markets themselves. And you can go back and look at the Dow Jones, the S&P, and you can look at the history of the markets and you'll see these things playing out and these types of patterns playing out in the markets over and over and over. And that's what technical analysis really is. It's looking at the patterns and the cycles in the market, charting and plotting those movements to try to predict the future. Um, so it's all about cycles. It's all about trends. It's all about momentum and uh, trade with the trend. The trend is your friend. That's all um, talk that you hear in the markets. And you know, really what that means is you want to trade the market up. You want to trade the market down. And the most successful investors of all time, and I'm not a, I'm not a, a day trader. I'm not an analyst. I'm an investor. The most successful investors of all time aren't the investors that buy and just hold forever. They're in and out. And uh, if you do a Google search, who are, the, uh, who are the greatest traders of all time? Who are the greatest investors of all time? You'll see a list of the, of the greatest of all times, the, the Warren Buffetts, the George Soros's, some are traders, some are more long-term, but they all get in and get out. None of them buy and hold absolutely forever. Um, a lot of people think that's what Warren Buffett does, and that's not true. He actually trades, he buys and sells. Um, so the greatest investors of all time are actually traders, and that's how you build real wealth, buying you know, very, very low and hanging on. Sure, you know, that can work for you. Um, but ultimately, the ones that create significant, serious wealth, J. Paul Getty, the richest man in the world ever um, at the time, trader. That's what he started out with. So uh, a lot of stories there. But anyways, for, this is the phase I want people to look at here is the complacency where you kind of get that sideways bouncing where everybody says, yes, we really needed this. We just need this little cool off period before the next rally. You hear that a lot right now. Um, and then as it starts to go down, that's when the real fear, fear kicks in. And then, then the denial kicks in where, ah, this can't be happening. I'm just buying the dip. It's just going to go back up any minute. But these things are sneaky. 
They have a way of doing that because they're going to bounce along the way. Very rarely is it just straight down over a short period of time. And these charts don't need to look exactly like this when you're going through these cycles. This is just, you know, kind of consolidating it to get it on, a, on one page. It can look a number of different ways. Uh, then you get the panel panic where everybody's selling and then they just need to get out. And even the people that say that they're long-term holders and they're, they'll never sell, once you get to a certain level, depending on where they they entered, you know, they might just sell. I mean, and, and you can't blame anybody for doing what they need to do to protect themselves and their families. And that's really the thing to think about. And that's really what I want to talk about today when it comes to the psychology of the market. But once it comes down to these areas, then there's a lot of anger, which there's a lot of that right now. People getting angry, you know, that from anybody else's point of view, that's that's not, you know, hey, this thing's just going to bounce back to all-time highs. Um, there's a lot of that right now. So that that's kind of an indicator, right? These are all indicators of market uh, and where the market can be heading. And then you get into the, um, you know, consolidation phase before the next rally again. And um, so these are just simply the psychology of the markets which it's people, individuals that are trading the markets. Um, <clears throat> so that's where that comes from. And when you look at these charts next to um, these images here, and I'll pull it over here in a second. I'm actually just gonna um, get rid of this here for a second. And um, we'll pull it out here. Uh, so you can kind of see where we're at right now in our market cycle. And that little complacency area on that, that chart was kind of right there. And a lot of people don't think this is a blow off top. And when you blow the chart up and you, you kind of analyze it um, with that, you know, wick off distribution, a lot of people have been talking about, it, it doesn't really look like a blow off top. But when you look at it, everything is perspective, right? Sometimes you got to take a step back and just kind of look at things in perspective. So when you step back and you look at it and you look at this huge rally, this huge parabolic move that we had, you had the one little, you know, shakeout right here, um, little distribution drops off and shoots up. You can see right here at the peak, at the all-time high, we had a blow off and it dropped significantly and then it bounced back up and we had a little bit, uh, a little bit more of a rally attempt and then bam, it dropped back off again. So that's, that's pretty significant. And then when you compare that, and we're going to look at it in a little bit more comparison uh, to the chart we were just looking at. Um, and I'm going to shrink this down so you can kind of see that a little bit better. Whoops. Hang on. Get back up here. I'm going to get this here so we can see it a little bit better. This thing's wanting to draw for some reason. I don't know what's going on with that. I'm not trying to draw anything. Why is it doing that? I want my cursor, I guess, because maybe it's on the chart there where I'm trying to drag this thing over. There we go. Now we're going to, now we're going to drag this chart and I'm having trouble. Here we go. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, so anyways, you can see when you compare these two charts here that it can start looking very similar in regards to where we're at this complacency area, which is kind of where we're, we're, we're huddling right now kind of bouncing around that $33,000 to $38,000 range that's frustrating a lot of people, right? What are you hearing out there? People are just saying, man, would it just make up its mind and go one way or the other? I don't care where it goes. I just want it to go, right? So um, when you analyze these moves and you look at where we came from in relation to this chart, in terms of what this market and these moves look like, you can see a lot of similarities in what's going on here. 
and to where we are right now. So that could potentially be where we are now. I'm not saying that's where we are. Nobody knows for sure. And anybody who tells you they know exactly where it's going, give me their phone number because I want to give them all my money, right? So, um, you know, nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. All you know is what's happened in the past, what the patterns are, what the psychology of the market is, because that is the what it is. It just is what it is. You can track that data. You can look at all different sectors, all different markets. And then you can go back and you can look at different timeframes. Now, this is the March 2020 drop, which I don't give a lot of weight to that because that was just a, an anomaly in the market uh, during the pandemic. So I don't really, I don't really put a lot of weight on that in terms of comparing it to anything. What I like to look at is other times in the markets and other cycles in the market. And here's 2017. Looks pretty familiar, doesn't it? So 2017 kind of starts back here. Um, in this time frame here, uh, March of 2017, we start that move up. It was after a long bear market cycle um, going back through 2016 into 2017. And then we start our climb and then you see it hits its peak around December of 2017. Then you have a big blow off top, kind of drops down to about 14,000, bumps up again. This is like in a couple of days and it jumps down again to the 13,000 range. It tries to come back. So it's at 17. So at this point, you've gone from 19 to 17. This is back in 2018. And then it just starts as downward trend. There's that little consolidation phase, shoots down, bounces, little consolidation phase, shoots down, comes back up, bounces around. And then you know the rest of the story. It's kind of downhill from December of 2017. And it took until basically another year to hit rock bottom at 3,000. So it went from 19,000 at the peak all the way down to 3,000 in the course of a year. Um, so that's what people are looking at when it comes to the markets of Bitcoin. And then we had a very, very short little period here where it kind of consolidated before, again, this one's a huge move. And you can look at this right here in April of 2019. And then it shoots straight up, a couple little hiccups here and there. Um, you can see this little area here, almost exactly like what we're looking at right now. This little area here where it shoots up from basically from the bottom where the rally starts, 3,000, shoots up to 8,600, has a little bit of a bump, shoots back up, gets an all-time high, little, little rocky all-time high there, gets another one, gets rejected, gets another one, and then it starts its descent down. So you get a little bit of a sell-off, a little bump, kind of consolidates and it drops now, this is all back in 2019, September of 2019. Now it gets a little bump, drops, comes up, gives everybody hope, gets a little drop, bounces around a little bit, boom. This is a little bit more choppy than what we're dealing with right now. But this is all from June of 2019 to the bottom um, of that little cycle into the March area of 2020. But again, I don't really count March of 2020 because from June of 2019 to the bottom, of December 2019, that's when it started its uphill journey again. So you could kind of argue maybe that this whole rally started back in January, February of 2020, because again, March is an anomaly. So if you're doing that and you're running running the race there and you kind of connect the dot from June, from February of 2020, kind of skip all this little March, April, May kind of time frame because that was uncertain territory. And then you come back into August of 2020 so February 2020 was 10,000. We kind of dropped off and came back to about 10,000 again in August of 2020. So that's August of 2020 is where you can really argue 
potentially that the rally really began because we kind of picked up where we left off in February of 2020. And then we kind of shot up a little bit, had a little bit of a, a rejection there. And then we started working our way, boom, straight up from basically September of 2020 until November of 2020, where we had a little bump. And then December 2020 up to January of 2021, where we start getting this huge rise after March, you know, we were in that 10,000 range, maybe it gets up to 12,000, drops down a little bit. And now you're in October, September, October of 2020. And that's when we're off to the races. We hit uh, the first all time high of 40,000 in January of 2021. You get a little bit of a blow off there back down in the thirties, bounced around a little bit off to the races. And that's where a lot of people think we're at right now. They think that we're going to just shoot straight up to these new all-time highs, and they kind of think that's where we're at right now. Could be, um, you know, it's anything is possible with Bitcoin, right? It's a crazy new asset. A lot of things are, nothing is off the table. Everything is possible. That's what makes it interesting, exciting. I know for some people it's not so much, uh, you know, and it all depends on where you got in at, what you're looking for. Um, but here's the moral of the story. Anything can and will happen. Nobody knows where this is going. The psychology of the market's important and it's critical <clears throat> to the success. If you're going to trade, you really need to understand it and understand um, what's going on on the other side of the trade and what it's all about. It's designed to trick you. It's designed to make you think that you're doing the right thing when you're not and that you're doing the wrong thing when, you, when, you, uh, when you're not. So that's what the market's designed to do. It's designed to trick people, go against the momentum. Now the traders, the institutions that are on the other side, the professional talent, they're looking at the same news you're looking at. They're looking at the same articles you're looking at. Uh, they're looking at all the same information you're looking at. So they know the sentiment out there. They're looking at Twitter. They're looking at um, Coindesk, Coin, you know, Cointelegraph. They're looking at all the YouTubers. And they might even take the opposite side of that trade sometimes just for the short term while they're working their plan. And you got to remember that, you know, a lot of them have a lot of a lot of resources to work with so they can buy anywhere along the way, drive the market, market down to consolidate and then drive it back up again. So in <clears throat> their long term, they have long term horizons as well as short term. A lot of them get, you know, earn their money on momentum, on action, on volume. Some of them earn their money on their overall returns. So there's different strategies for different funds at different times doing different things. And uh, a lot of these institutions that are getting involved like Goldman, JP Morgan, Bank of America, they're putting trading desks together uh, to trade their clients' money. So none of them are trading their own money. So that's something that you always wanna keep in mind. Now here's the moral of the story and here's what this is all about. We don't know where this is going. Could go up, could go down, markets go up and down. We do know that. We do know it's gonna go up, it's gonna go down, it's gonna do that over time. The question is how long does it stay down once it's down? How long does it stay up once it's up? Well, what we do know is it never stays up very long. It reaches, it reaches these areas and rejects very quickly. So once we started hitting these all-time highs from February until May, um, so that's a pretty good, pretty good bit of time from February to May 2021. It stayed kind of up, but it was up and down, up and down, up and down. So it never stays up very long, um, at least the crypto markets and Bitcoin. So it can do anything at any time. So you need to be prepared. And if you're... Uh, if you're a long-term investor and your strategy is, you know, I bought and I'm holding and I'm never going to sell, you know, everybody liquidates at uh, at some point in time. Sooner or later, everybody has to sell, right? And if you're investing, you're investing for a reason. You're investing for your financial security, for the financial security of your family. Maybe it's college, weddings, retirement, whatever it is. So you really need to be thinking about that, thinking about why you invested, what your strategy is, what your plan is. 
and you need to have a plan in place. So here's where you remove anxiety, you remove worry and fear and all that other stuff is that you have a plan. What do you do if it's at 30, 40,000 down? Let's say it's going down. Okay. We know what you do if it's going up, you, you know, you, you enjoy that and you want to take some profits at the top and uh, use that to buy in low on the market cycles. But if you don't want to do that and you just want to hold forever, uh, just, just remember that markets go up and down and they don't always stay up and you never know where you're going to be in your life when that cycle is down. Because as you see in Bitcoin, there's been times when it's been down for years. So what you want to make sure is, is that if you're relying on that investment to support you at some point in the future, um, you need to make sure that you take some money off the table as you go along so that you have that set aside to support you in the future in case the market goes down because everybody liquidates sooner or later, uh, unless you're just going to pass it along for generations in your family and it never gets liquidated. But your heirs are going to have to liquidate so, to sustain. So I have a plan. What do you do if it's 40? What do you do if it's 30? What do you do if it's 20? What do you do if it's 10? What do you do if it's five? So what do you do in those areas? And especially if it's going to be long-term, because you need to think from the standpoint of it's not going to come back when you need it to, it's going to stay down when you need it the most. So the best thing to do is if you've um, realized some extraordinary profits, which a lot of people have, take some off the top and set it aside, put it in IRA, put it in a money market account, put it in something. Okay. Um, so that you've got it, put it wherever you want to put it. That's a safe, stable, asset that, that's going that's not volatile like Bitcoin. Uh, I know there's a school of thought that Bitcoin's always going to go up and it's always going to stay up and it's never going to come down. And that could be true. Um, nobody knows. We don't know what the future is. Uh, it's also true that it could go away. I mean, anything is possible. It could, it could go to the moon and it could disappear. We don't know. Uh, it's too young of an asset to know for sure. I know it goes back a number of years, but it's never been worth a significant amount of money for very long. So in terms of its credibility of a, as an asset, that really starts here in the last year or so uh, to where it's really been put on the, on the map and on the radar of institutions and um, you know big investors and long-term investors. Um, and you got to remember that a lot of these institutions that are getting in, a lot of these high net worth individuals that are getting in, they're putting a very, very small percentage of their balance sheet in. So if somebody goes in there and buys $100 million, you know, they're worth billions. So that's like the average investor putting in a thousand bucks or 10,000 bucks if you're making 100 grand a year, 200 grand a year, something like that. So just remember that, keep that in mind and have a plan in place. That's all. You know, holding forever is great. That's a great strategy um, if that's what you want to do. Um, obviously, the greatest wealth ever created in the history of the markets were created on trading. They were not created from uh, somebody buying and never selling. Um, that, that's not how it works. You got to get in and get out because markets are up and down and you never know what's going to happen in the economy. So you want to make sure you protect yourself, protect your family, and, uh, and make sure that you glean some of your um, uh, good fortune along the way. And then if you want to use it to reaccumulate and just keep buying more, then you can do that as well. So um, everybody has their goals. Nothing is right or wrong for anybody. Everybody's got their goals. Everybody's got their strategies. The key is to have a plan, have a strategy, put it down in writing and stick to it. If you're trading and you're day trading, uh, make sure that you have a plan. You have your rules and you have your psychology of the market in front of you so that you always understand what you're doing. And it takes the emotion and the anxiety and the guesswork out of it. So you just work your plan. It's just like a game, right? If you're going to go out and you're going to coach a game, you're going to have a game plan. You're going to know what you're doing, you know, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. If you're in baseball, whatever inning it is, uh, soccer, lacrosse, it really doesn't matter. Whatever your sport is, 
whatever your business is, you have a plan and you work your business plan. So if you're investing and you're trading, look at it like a business, create a plan, follow that plan, take the emotion out of it and the anxiety, and then you'll be able to trade uh, all cycles and you won't have to worry about it. If you're a long-term holder, just make sure that you um, uh, always plan for the worst case scenario and make sure that you're covered and you're set if the worst case scenario happens, which you know generally for Bitcoin and crypto markets, um, a lot of the crypto assets have gone away. Uh, but in the crypto markets, you know Bitcoin um, should be around for a long, long term but there is a potential that it could be way down for a long period of time. And uh, there's a chance that you could need the money during that time. So you just want to plan for that and just make sure that you have a plan in place for those times. And as you go along uh, so that it works and it takes stress and anxiety off the table. So uh, that is my um, little summary today. I'm going to be making some more videos uh, as we move forward on Bitcoin and the crypto markets in general. What I do is I take a macro look at everything. I look at all the markets, stock market, real estate market, bonds, treasuries, commodities, I take a macro view of the whole economic environment uh, to make my decisions as an investor, as an opportunistic investor, um, and uh, in terms of the deals that I do, types of investments that I make. So I'm just trying to bring that viewpoint, the viewpoint from an institutional standpoint, um, uh, to uh, you, so to help you in terms of looking at the whole thing, the cycles, the emotions, the strategies, all that kind of stuff. So. I hope you enjoyed it and uh, have a happy Memorial Day. Thank you again for your service if you served and I will see you on the next video.